And now it's time for us to discuss more of the headlines and simple keywords with Adam joining us via Zoom. Good morning, Adam. Good morning, Lena. Happy Monday. <laughs> with such excitement in your yeah. voice. <laughs> fired up for another week. I was just thinking about the first smartphone I ever had. Yeah. Going back to your intro, it's the... Uh, it was a Nokia 3310. I remember the name exactly. <laughs> They're out of service, of so we can't talk about the model. Go on. <laughs> well, well, yeah. So it's, uh, it's discontinued now. But uh, yeah, it was a, a brick phone. And I used to play, uh, do you remember the, the snake game? On oh, those goodness gracious, yes. Phones? <laughs> yeah, I remember pouring hours into that game rather than actually using the phone for a phone. <laughs> it's funny because ahead of the smartphone, I mean, as we know it today, you're still playing games in a rather simple uh, amusement. Yeah. Um, the, the pixelated uh, mm. well, yeah, games. They were quite, you know, they had their own merits. It's very retro. <laughs> Brings me back. <laughs> and retro isn't, so maybe this is just as relevant. Uh, we'll be talking more about the beginning of smartphones in our second hour. If you have any two cents to chime in, if you have any nostalgic moments you'd like to share, like a really old school game, let us know, guys. You can find us on our official YouTube channel, Adirang K-Pop. All right. I think it's time for us to turn our attention to keyword news. And these are some of the headlines we deem most important this morning. And this is our first pick of the day. Tensions at sea. South Korea has fired warning shots towards a North Korean vessel that crossed a de facto sea border over the weekend. So what do we know for sure at this point? What's the latest? Right. Well, the North Korean patrol boat uh, crossed the northern limit line while pursuing a Chinese fishing boat on Saturday. So the South Korean officials say the actual intrusion wasn't intentional as mm. they see it. It was because they were chasing that Chinese fishing boat, presumably illegally fishing in uh, their waters. Now, the boat stayed south of the NLL for about 10 minutes, uh, intruding past it by some two kilometers. The ship then retreated after warning shots were fired. Uh, by South Korean patrol ships. Now, the Joint Chiefs of Staff said the military maintains decisive battle posture while monitoring the enemy's movements in preparation for uh, potential provocations regarding NNL uh, violations by North Korean patrol boats. Uh, during the operations, a South Korean official said uh, one of its ships came into minor contact with a Chinese vessel due to poor visibility, uh, but said there were only slight injuries uh, reported. Now, the NLL has served as a theatre for provocation and naval showdowns in the past. Uh, last October, for example, the two Koreas actually traded warning shots in those uh, western waters, accusing each other of breaching the yeah. sea border. Uh, last March was actually the last time uh, there was an actual intrusion of a North Korean uh, vessel that did cross the NLL. Now, the tensions around the maritime border comes after North Korean missile tests in recent weeks, uh, the latest being a new ICBM, which has gotten certain uh, international attention and right. concern as well. Uh, the line, the border itself is also a source of tension with the North demanding that it be redrawn further south uh, as well. Uh, tensions are also likely to continue as the South Korean and US militaries are set to conduct military exercises that will continue um, until next Friday. So the latest intrusion is, as I said, not viewed by South Korea as an intentional intrusion, mm. uh, but uh, provocations and the likelihood of more provocations from the North are 
uh, still expected, unfortunately. That's right. I mean, it's definitely in line with North Korea's decision to, uh, well, modernize their weapons, as we've repeatedly talked about why there's increased provocations. And as you've said, if there are more joint exercises between South Korea and U.S., it is definitely an invitation for North Korea to do so more uh, provocatively. We'll have to wait and see. Definitely the world has its eyes on tensions in the peninsula with the recent testing of the solid fuel uh, intercontinental ballistic missile. Mm -hmm. It seems to indicate a significant step for its missiles program. Leave it there for now. We turn our attention to our second keyword of the day. Slumping exports. So Korea's export standing among global exports have dropped to the lowest level since the 2008 financial crisis. That seems to be an important marker and a trigger. Can you tell us the details? Right. So we all know that Korea's exports, they've long served as the uh, engine driving the country's economy and certainly dwindling numbers in those uh, areas is certainly an area for concern. If we look at the data from the World Trade Organization, as well as uh, KETA, uh, it shows that last year's global exports came to just under $25 trillion. Uh, Korea's exports took up only 2.7% uh, of that share. Now, the share has actually been dropping over the past couple of years. If you look at 2020 figures, it was 2.9% uh, and 2.88% uh, in 2021. Now, Korea had been enjoying uh, export shares in the 3% range of global exports for five years uh, since 2014. The highest level was actually in 2017 when the figure hit 3.23%. But since the pandemic, the share has been dwindling to below uh, 3%. It has yet to surpass that range uh, yet. Mm -hmm. Now, the U.S.-China trade war, uh, the Russia invasion of Ukraine also did some damage um, as well. A lot of these external factors. Akita predicts that if the global share of Korea exports falls by 0.1 percentage points, then that could result in 140,000 jobs uh, being lost. Now that goes to show how reliant Korea is on exports and the repercussions a fall in them has on the economy. Um, experts also say there's some domestic reasons as well. Companies are also going global. They're setting up shop overseas rather than uh, producing at home and sending them abroad, hence why export numbers would be down. Mm. Now trading destinations are also seeing some shifts as well. Kita data shows that Korea's share of total exports based on monetary value to China, for example, uh, an area that has been um, Korea's largest trading partner. Uh, in the first quarter of this year, it totaled 19.5%. Although it is just the first quarter, this marks the first time since 2005 that the share of exports to China has fallen below uh, 20%. So we're seeing those numbers just in the first quarter uh, match that of basically a whole year's worth of exports to that country. But Korean exports to the U.S., are kind of helping fill the vacuum left yeah. by the declining exports to China. So there's, there's been this kind of shift uh, of exports being um, done more to the US rather than China. Does that have anything to do with the Inflation Reduction Act mm. and all these uh, what seems to be protectionist uh, policies by the Biden administration in terms of making things uh, America-made mm. and um, uh, things like that uh, remains to be it, it's uh, one uh, kind of analysis that's right, being made right. by watchers but mm -hmm. uh, yeah so that we've been seeing kind of a shift in all these export trends uh, but a downfall as well which is uh, causing concern of course all right uh, let's turn our attention to our third keyword of the day 
oil tax. So amid high global prices, uh, the government and ruling party of South Korea are set to announce revisions to oil tax sometime this week. What can we expect, Adam? Right, so it is possible there will be a scrapping of the fuel tax cut, which expires at the end of this month. Uh, this comes as a drop as expected in tax revenue for this year. The measure has been in effect for three consecutive years uh, this year, and the reduced taxes from the cuts uh, in transportation, energy and environment taxes under the measure reached 5.5 trillion won last year. Now, ending the cut is adding to concerns over its possible impact on consumer prices as well, which have been, of course, rising at high levels. Uh, Finance Minister Chu Gyeong-ho said the government is aware of the repercussions and potential uh, effects and this will, and that the government will take this into consideration when making a decision. Uh, he was speaking to reporters in Washington where he attended the G20 uh, finance ministers and central bank governors meeting. Uh, it seems inevitable for the government to make more spending cuts as well. The government determines uh, the items and scale of annual expenditures according to the prearranged tax revenue mm. budget. Uh, if the amount of tax income decreases, the government has no choice, of course, but to tighten its belt and reduce spending. Uh, in order to secure tax revenue stably in this situation, analysts pointed out that the government needs to discontinue uh, the current temporary tax support measures it has in place, i.e. the fuel tax cuts. Uh, the government drew up this year's revenue budget on the premise of maintaining the fuel tax cuts. Now, accordingly, discontinuing them can secure an additional tax revenue of more than five uh, trillion won um, mm. compared to uh, the budget. Now, if it does end the fuel tax cut, then obviously that's unwelcome news for uh, regular consumers because it does mean uh, possibly more, more expensive uh, prices at the pumps. Um, so, yeah. There's uh, repercussions uh, at the moment. No bright news coming out of the economy section. That seems to be a regular trend. Uh, but keeping tabs on the announcement to be made by the government and the ruling party, let's move on to our fourth keyword of the day. Corruption probe. So prosecutors are accelerating their probe into bribery allegations surrounding the Democratic Party related to parties convention back in 2021. What's the latest on these investigations? Right. So uh, the prosecutors have been conducting uh, several uh, numerous uh, raids uh, into this uh, matter. They include the office and home of DP lawmaker Yun Gwang Seok. Uh, Yun is accused of playing a key role in a bribery case related to the party's convention in 2021 that elected Song Young Gil as the head of the party. Now, Yun was working in Song's election campaign uh, at the time. The accusation reportedly was based on a recorded conversation that the prosecutor's office obtained uh, from the DP's former deputy secretary general, uh, Idrun Gun. Now, he has been detained since last September on allegations of taking one billion won in bribes. He was sentenced to four years uh, and six months in prison for violating uh, the Political Fund Act uh, just recently. Uh, Kang Nagu, a K-Water auditor and the head of the Institute of Internal Auditors Korea, is also accused of telling the Deputy Secretary General ahead of the party's convention to deliver an envelope containing money uh, to Yoon. Uh, it's being so-called the Tonbongtu uh, scandal, or the money envelope scandal at the moment. Mm. Now, he is also summoned by prosecutors for questioning as well. Uh, the money is reported to have been used in bribing other members of the party to help Song 
win the DP chairmanship. Now, after Song became DP chair, Yoon was named as the party's secretary general and E was appointed as the party's deputy secretary general. Uh, Yoon is claiming he's being framed by prosecutors, uh, denying the allegations, uh, saying that they're basically a political hit job on him. Mm. Uh, he said the prosecution's investigation relies entirely on hearsay and that its main purpose is to suppress the opposition party. Now, the prosecutor's office also raided the office and home of another DP representative, Lee Sung-man, uh, Man, rather, on the same allegations. Uh, many other DP lawmakers' offices were also raided as part of the probe, and there is concern that the general investigation into the former um, DP secretary uh, is spreading to other DP lawmakers, as we can evidently see. Mm. Uh, we also marked an important day yesterday across the nation, a somber note. This is our last keyword of the day. Sewol Memorial. So in the morning of April 16, 2014, the Sewol Ferry sank. Memorial services and events marking the ninth anniversary of the sinking. Uh, it was held across the country yesterday. Yeah, so this happens uh, on a yearly basis, of course, to commemorate uh, the tragic disaster that claimed uh, hundreds of young lives at the time. Now, a memorial service drew around 100 people at a port in Mokpo, where the rusted wreck of the Sewell Ferry uh, was actually placed. The siren was sounded at 4.16 p.m. to commemorate the victims. That, of course, is in line with the April 16th date uh, of the actual tragedy. Now, a separate ceremony was held in Ansan, with uh, the attendance of about 2,000 government officials, bereaved family members and citizens, uh, heads of uh, key political parties, the Oceans Minister and Ansan Mayor were also among the participants. After a one-minute memorial siren and a silent prayer, Cho and other uh, dignitaries, uh, the uh, Oceans Minister and other dignitaries delivered addresses uh, followed by a memorial performance. Uh, another memorial event was held in Incheon. Uh, it was attended about, by around 200 people, uh, including city and central government officials. Thank you very much, Adam, for today's coverage. Have a solid Monday. We'll see you tomorrow. You too. Have a great start to the week. See you tomorrow. If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.